Bonjour à tous et bienvenue sur France and I, a podcast where we discuss everything related to moving to France. My name is Lucille, I am a French teacher and I will be your host today. Today I have the pleasure to welcome Jennifer as my guest. Salut Jennifer. Salut. <laughs> so, so Jennifer, you are an expat in France. Uh, with really great insight about life here. Could you please tell us a bit more about yourself? Uh, where are you from? Where do you live? Sure. Well, it, it's a, it's an honor to be uh, on, on your podcast. So I'm very happy to be here with you. Um, and yeah, so I grew up in New York City, uh, born and raised. And um, I'm, uh, I'm an only child. <laughs> Um, and I was a classic dancer. So I grew up as a classic ballet dancer in New York. Um, pretty much I, uh, you know, I've been moving since I was, you know, two years old. It's always kind of been a natural thing for me to move. So I'm from New York. Um, I live in Paris now and we've been living here for eight years. It's gone so quickly. Didn't think that we were going to be here for this long, but um, yes, now it's eight years. My kids, I have two children, um, um, Zoe and Christian, and they're twins. They're 12 years old. So we have been here since they turned four. So they pretty much have grown up here. I have my own business here, which is pretty interesting because I basically, um, the graceful, it's called the Graceful Movement the founder of this method as I'm a yoga teacher, a Pilates teacher. And, and of course I was a classic dancer. So I've kind of created this fusion mix. Um, and yeah, so it's interesting because, you know, I've grown so much and I've really, the business was really born here in France, which has been an interesting experience for me personally and professionally. We're going to talk a lot about this today as well. So how to start a business in France as well, how it is to uh, move to France with children. But first of all, I want to ask you, how come you have moved to Paris? Like, was it um, a long time dream of yours or did it just kind of happen? Well, it's funny because Par I used to come here. I feel like I've had two lives. So I was a dancer and then I also uh, worked in advertising. So I used to travel here on business And Paris was always just a special place um, for me. I mean, clearly I didn't live here, but I always felt quite connected here. Every time I came, I just really, um, I just loved Paris. And then my husband's job, um, voila, <laughs> just happened to move us to Paris. And um, so it was just, it was really interesting because I just, you know, even before I met him, uh, I was, you know, was in love with the city and, So we came here because of his job and um, yeah, we've and just been here ever since. There is a question I always love to ask. Before moving to Paris, how did you thought your life would be here? And then how was it differ different when, once you moved here? Hmm. It's a great question because I think that, um, You know, as an American, I mean, we definitely have a love affair with France, with Paris, uh, through the movies. And there's definitely this connection, I think, between especially New York. Um, and so I think it's a very it's a fantasy. Like you think it's going to be, you know, uh, the Parisian fantasy and skipping down the beautiful streets, carrying a baguette or a croissant. <laughs> and 
it actually has all those beautiful elements. But once you live here, I think like anything else, um, you know, it's sort of a, a real sort of eye awakening experience because a, I didn't speak the language, um, which I found that was probably really hard for me. And I, and I think because, because I'm a New Yorker, I thought, oh, I'm from New York. Like, how hard could this be? I'm from this crazy, you know, beast of a city. And uh, it's another city. But culturally, it was very different for me. Um, and not speaking the language was a clear barrier, of course, in the beginning. Um, but I feel like I wear my badge of honor. <laughs> um, and I also think, I mean, I'm a believer. I mean, this is sort of the foundation of the Graceful Movement. It's like the energy that you put back, put out is the energy you're going to get back. So I feel like I've really, you know, I always lead with good intentions and good energy. And I think for the most part, I've gotten that back here and, you know, have been able to, to thrive. But yeah, I've gone through a journey, but I also think that it's a real sort of a learning experience for, you know, uh, for one that, that moves abroad, which is... A great thing. I mean, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a thing, actually. Well, that's a that's a fantastic philosophy. I think it's a it's a really great way to put it when moving to France or any country, really. And um, in terms of logistic, was it easy to move to to Paris, or did you find like it was quite you know difficult in terms of visa, housing, where to live in Paris, for example? I think a lot of people are curious about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, look, we, we were uh, blessed in that, you know, we were moving with a company. So, you know, we had temporary, so we moved into temporary housing. But I will tell you this, this little story on that. So we were given, you know, some options to choose for temporary housing. And my husband and I, you know, picked a, an apartment and... Um, You know, we did a little bit of research on the area. And then when we landed in Paris at the airport, my husband sees that they did a little bait and switch on us and said, oh, no, you're not going there. You're going to this other apartment. Oh, my God. You really don't want that no. when arriving at no. the airport. Like, we're like, you know, two little kids. And we get to this apartment. My husband goes upstairs and we sat, my kids and I sat in the local, like downstairs at the tabac. And he comes downstairs and he's like, uh, don't have high expectations. <laughs> so it was a walk up <laughs> and we had, you know, like 12 suitcases and, um, it was really, really tiny. And we stayed there for about three weeks and it was definitely an interesting uh and it rained I think because we moved in April so it rained every day and I had my two kids who were saying to me mommy are, are, are my to are our toys our house gonna fly here and you know um so I spent a lot of time but it was actually good because I I actually then had to spend a lot of time outside so I just took the kids and we spent a lot of time just kind of touring Paris and you know we're like real tourists Um, but, uh, it, I think that, you know, yeah, it's very different. Again, it's the culture. It's a very different situation moving, um, you know, the, the spaces are much smaller, uh, of course, depending on, but, uh, yeah, just it, it's until you understand it can be quite, um, like, I think the funniest thing for me was looking at, um, like the sometimes the kitchens aren't 
there's no no furniture in the kitchen. Like there's nothing. You have to put in a whole kitchen, and I think that's. Oh yes, of course. That's not the case no, in the U.S. No, no, no. Oh no, right. That, so that things like that, like you didn't, I we didn't know. So you know, we're looking. Um, so then you know, and then as expats, I don't know, but they make you look at like 15 apartments in one day, and then you have to choose one, and you're like, but I don't like any of them, and you know, and it's just trying to, and you're just trying to you're just trying to absorb like the neighborhoods and like, where is it going to be best for our kids and, you know, close to stuff and close to, you know, my husband's job and all that stuff. So it's really sort of overwhelming. And then a lot of the apartments, yeah, are not fitted. So you, then you're like, what? Like, but we're renting this apartment and now we have to go buy a kitchen for, you know, so um, then you kind of learn these things and then you go, okay, I have to ask the realtor, you know, for something different. Um, and I think like really it's patience and understanding that you're not in the culture that you came from and you really do have to step, you do have to let go of that because it's like, if you're constantly comparing, you know, from where you came from, you're going to get nowhere and no one cares. <laughs> so you just have to really sort of, you know, without just, you know, completely surrendering, but you have to let go of some, some things and like sort of pick out choose and you know like basically like pick and choose your battles and what's most important to you yeah uh, I absolutely agree and I think as well like in moving in any country there's really like um, a period of time that can either be kind of a honeymoon or but very overwhelming as well because everything is new and you suddenly have to open a bank account find where you're gonna live and uh, you don't necessarily you know speak the language so, uh, you know, hopefully this pass and then, you know, people settle in their new life in France. How long would you say for you, how long did it take for you to feel comfortable in your life in France? To feel like, okay, that's it. We're, we're settled. Everything's good. Honestly, like two years. I mean, I would say like a good two years to feel. Uh, and honestly, like it's still, it's always a growing period for me, what I, which I like. But I think that. Um, yeah, because, you know, I remember I, I had insomnia for like six months or maybe even uh, could be a year, um, because your brain is just constantly stimulated. Like everything you do, you know, the things that you're, you know, so simple, like going to the, the market, you know, that you, now all of a sudden you have to go, you have to prepare yourself and say, okay, how am I going to say this? And, um, so that was like, it was so overwhelming for me, like to do these little things and with children, you know? Um, so I, I couldn't sleep. I was like, by the time nighttime would come, I was so overstimulated because, you know, they say that your brain expands, right. When you move abroad, which I think is a great thing, but yeah, you're constantly on like, you feel like you're a baby, like learning how to crawl again, you know, which is very humbling, especially as a New Yorker. Where, you know, I came here and I'm like, I know nothing. Yeah, I, I had the same experience abroad. And But what I found really interesting, and you will tell me if you agree. So you've been in France for eight years and I've lived abroad for a while as well. But then... Um, when I used to come back in France for summer, then I realized there was so many things I was missing from the country where I was living abroad. In a way, I was still French, but not completely in a way. Like, do you feel now when you come back in the US, you look at American thing and you're like, 
wait, what? why is it like that? <laughs> oh, completely. And look, I love, you know, of course, like I'll always love, you know, my country. I'll always love my city that I grew up in. But yeah, like I'm like a different person. So when I go back, things are strange, very strange to me. And I'm almost like, I have to watch it because I'm almost like, oh, you know, like I'm not used to doing it that way anymore. And you don't want to appear to now your family and friends back home, like you're like, you know, I'm, you know, a little snob now and I, I'm such, you know, so it's very balancing, but yeah, I definitely like when I leave, you know, France and I go back home, I definitely now miss the way things are done here, which is really, you know, I mean, I've definitely become more French now, I think. That's a very good sign. <laughs> And what's really interesting as well is that you came in France with two children and I've seen a lot of questions about that, family moving. And um, I think a lot of people are, of course, worried if their children will manage to adapt, uh, to learn the language as well. Which school system to choose, you know, between the French school system or maybe, so in your case, you're American. I know there is some American school in Paris. How did it go for you and how did it go for your children? Yeah, I think that's probably like the most difficult because you want them, I think that like you want them to be happy. And I think if they're happy, then you're happy. Um, there's nothing worse than your children being unsettled. Um, you know, I, we never worried about so much because they were so young. And so I think that was like a really good time for them to come here because they were so young and just they were like sponges. So, um, but I mean, I will say again, we were blessed because we came with a with a with a company. Um, we sent them to a private American school um, because I knew of the school in New York actually because it started in New York. Um, and I think for us it was just safest because we just didn't know enough about you know the French system. So again, though, uh, coming with a company is a different sort of you know, situation, right? Because uh, you have a little bit more support and, you know, they were, they gave us information, but it, so it wasn't so like, um, so we've kind of stuck with that system. Um, they are now in the British school. We've, we've made the leap into the British school. That's the one thing I think that was hard for me. I don't know that I could have put them in just uh, the full French system. Um, because I felt like that's one thing that, you know, I grew up so differently and I'm not sure that I could have handled, um, you know, I, I really do applaud expats that come from different countries and put them right into the French system because you have to speak the language to understand, to be able to help your children. And so I think, you know, but I will say they didn't go into a French system and both my children speak fluently. Oh, that's really good. That's fantastic. But how did they learn French then? Do they learn French at the British school? Well, so they were at the American school, not Mary, it was called Marymount, Marymount and Neyi, which was a great, so that's where they grew up. They were there from four till 11 and only getting an hour of French um, a day. However, it was really important that, you know, we kept them in all French 
activities. So after school, they were in all French activities, which really, I think, helped. And, um, and we did have a French tutor come to the house every week as well. Um, but I must say, like, I'm pretty proud of this because I do not speak French well enough, but my kids do. And I have to say, like, the school always said to me, like, it's really impressive that Zoe and Christian speak so well because a lot of the times the expats, we, do, we get trapped in sort of a, you know, an American or whatever your culture, but they, they get, you know, they stay within the language they know, but you know, we really worked hard and making sure that they had lots of activities in French. So they were just kind of immersed in the culture as well. And that was really important to us. So I will say that we did a pretty good job on that, I think, <laughs> but not easy, but yeah. And so um, you've been in France for now eight years. So how old were you, were your children when they arrived? So they were four when they arrived and now they're 12. Oh, wow. So they are like really almost half French, half American, really. Yeah. Well, and my husband is Australian um, and of Greek uh, background. So they kind of don't know where, like they're, they, they're like, so are we French? Are we American, Australian, Greek? So I'm like, you're children of the universe, you know, like they're just a bit of everything. All right. And as well, so I really want to talk about your career because so you started the Graceful Movement, which I absolutely adore. Uh, uh, could you tell yeah. us a bit more about it? So what it is, when it started, etc. So, yeah. So, I mean, I started, you know, I had started it in the U.S., but really um, because the children were so small and twins, just having twins. And I, um, I stopped working uh, in my corporate career And, um, but this is something that, you know, since I've been a child, I've been doing, and I was always teaching, even though I was working corporately as well. And then it was an opportunity, you know, come to a new country. Why not? <laughs> uh, no one knows me. And so I can just kind of put myself out there. So, but I started teaching at the kids' schools. I started that way here. I mean, just sort of teaching in, uh, the kids' schools, classes to the adults, to the parents, And then I did find um, a little studio here uh, in the neighborhood and I just kind of rocked up and said, this is who I am. <laughs> and, um, you know, and they allowed, I taught a class there. I was teaching a yoga class there. So that was sort of an introduction to teaching in a, in a studio. And then I started teaching at Le Tigre Yoga Club, um, which is probably like the biggest introduction into the French community. Um, And yeah, but I was teaching in English and the people came <laughs> and I started to get just more and more well-known and, and then I started to build, you know, the Graceful Movement online. I think that was probably how it really started because you can reach such a bigger audience, right? I mean, you can just reach the world. So, Um, so I just started little by little, um, on Instagram and Facebook and posting videos, posting videos of what I do. And, um, you know, it just, it really like over the years just took off. And I have to say that the pandemic was sort of that big turning point. Um, because, you know, everyone is home and you have their, you have an audience like, People are, we were all, you know, doing the same thing at the same time. And I taught every day live for that first confinement. So I think it was like 57 classes every day live. 
um, different class. And I really like sort of um, organically had this organic, amazing growth from there. And, um, and then I'm teaching for moving.co, which is an online platform. And yeah, so it just exponentially just grew. And so now I have, you know, pretty well known in the community and I still teach in English. <laughs> um, and it's really sort of, but it, for me, it's not just uh, an exercise because it's really a lifestyle for me. It's, you know, something that I've been doing since I was a child. And it's not something that's just, it's not, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't call it exercise. Um, it really is a movement of well-being. Um, and, you know, I feel like everybody can move. Like there's not a person, uh, you know, that, that can't or shouldn't be able to move in some capacity. And I really believe that if people were more connected to their physical body, they'd be more aware uh, of their space and how we treat ourselves and others. So, um, and how, how we eat. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of, so what, so what we do in class is kind of, you know, how we should, uh, behave outside of class. It's like the stuff that you learn on your mat is the stuff that you take with you off the mat. I see. And so, so then you are, so what in France we, we would call it micro entrepreneur. And um, so starting a business in France and working an independent teacher, how was it? And I'm wondering as well if uh, you would have any advice on this as well, because, you know, there is a whole uh, legal side. I am French and to build up my French school online, I, I needed help as well. You know, I needed uh, legal advice, etc. So I'm wondering for someone with an English speaker, if you would have any advice on that and how it went for you. Well, yeah, I definitely had to get my, um, you know, my entrepreneur status because then I was working for a studio. As, um, and so um, I did have some help to help me navigate the system because clearly it's really, you know, and so I would say if you can get some, um, some sort of support there, somebody at French that can help you, you know, even if it's like come and translate stuff because it's really stuff that, you know, you can't let go over your head. Um, and there's sort of layers, but, um, I think it was, I mean, it wasn't, you know, after a few meetings, I, I, it wasn't that difficult. I mean, I think like once you set it up and you're established, there's a, you know, there's some, you know, uh, red tape to go through, but I think once you set it up, then it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty standard and self-explanatory. And I, yeah, I think it just, you know, going over this and be, being like very well surrounded for the first advice about how to set it up and then it's kind of go well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also on an emotional level, it really kind of, especially for, you know, the one that's, you know, like I said, I moved here uh, with my husband's job. So, you know, and it was really important to me to have a something, you know, of my own here. That's how I Um, I have to feel like I'm connected here in some other way than just being an expat. It was really important to me. So I was really blessed that I had, you know, my teaching to share and that's how I met so many people, but, you know, just being able to, uh, you know, get my entrepreneur status emotionally was just like a really cool thing to, um, for myself 
to feel like, okay, I'm really, I'm living here. It's not feeling like I'm, I'm an expat or I'm temporarily here. Like I felt like, okay, I'm a part of, you know, the, the community here, which was really important for me. So that was, so I would recommend to anyone to go for it. Yeah, I have um, a lot of students uh, that I'm teaching French to who are in this case of starting their career again in France. And it's always feel like uh, fantastic, you know, the, the day they finally like can start their career again in France. And um, it's like a way to feel part of the community again and to feel like, okay, that's it. I have arrived. I'm in France. I have a job here, etc. That's a fantastic feeling. Exactly. Yeah. I I think that, that that really helped the transition here for me because then I felt like I was a part of a community and not just an expat, you know, temporarily staying here. And, um, you know, and it was important for me to, um, you know, not only be friends with Americans. Like I, I also growing up in New York, I'm like, I grew up with people from all over. So it was important to have French friends and people from, you know, all walks of life. And I think... So, um, and, and my teaching really sort of, you know, connected me to so many different kinds of people here, which was really, uh, important and felt really good. Again, a question I love to ask, what have been your best and your worst experience in France? Hmm. Wow. Um, that's a tough question, actually. Maybe if it's easier, what do you like the most in France and what is something you still quite dislike about France, about living here? Um, I think, well, let's start with the positive. <laughs> so, so American. <laughs> um, so I think what I, I mean, there's so many things I love about here, but what I really love um, right away is the, the quality of food. And I love that um, here in France, everybody has access to pretty much the same food. And that's really important um, uh, to me. Um, you know, you can go to any district, and I love that there is still the boulangerie and the, you know, the fromagerie and the and the food store. Like, I love that it's not just supermarkets. Whereas back home, you know, we don't we've kind of lost that. So we have like the big supermarkets, but here, like, you really feel like you're getting fresh fruit and you know, good health, you know, good meat. Um, so I love, I love the food situation is really great. And I love that. Um, I actually love that you are expected to say bonjour and avoir when you enter somewhere, a public place. And when you leave, because I think that's a really great presence of mind. And I think we've kind of lost that in our culture in American culture, um, that we actually take time to say you greet the person. And I love that people take their time. Like they, they um, eat lunch, have a real lunch. We sit down, you know, and you have a real lunch, you digest. Like it's a real sort of good relationship with food. Um, and I mean, besides like the city's beautiful, the architecture. I mean, I always find like there's just, you know, I just, yeah, what can I say? I mean, that's um, what I don't like. <laughs> um, I mean... I think that sometimes things are a little inefficient, <laughs> if I can say. Um, and I think the good, like, 
you know, how I love that everybody just takes their time and it's much more slower culture as opposed to, you know, a place like New York, like we're just on the run all the time. So of course, out of that is going to come, you know, things are just take a little bit more time to get done. Um, so like the administration. <laughs> um, so yeah, so sometimes then I think like, but I've, I've, you know, like, especially, yeah, again, as I come back to a New Yorker, like we always just expect things to get done really quickly. Um, but I don't know if that's such a great thing either. I think that each culture can take a page out of, uh, each other's book to create a really beautiful balance. That's what I will say. Thank you. And now my final question. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who is about to move to France or who is thinking about moving to France? Okay, I just, I mean, I think that, again, to the point of you really have to, um, you know, not bring with you your, I mean, clearly you're going to bring with you your culture, but I think that, you know, you can't expect things to be done the way things were done from your country, culture, wherever. I think you really have to go be open-minded um, to a different, different way of life and really sort of, um, yeah, embrace, like really sort of soak up because there's so much to, uh, you realize like there's so much, you know, to be learned and, and to, uh, to enjoy. And I think if you go in there with sort of a, you know, an agenda, of how things are going to be done or how, or, or how it's going to be, then you're going to be disappointed. Like if you're always trying to control it. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be, like I said, like, I think I learned to surrender to the things that, you know, you can't control, like surrender to things that you can't control, know that things are going to be different. They're not going to be done the way you maybe used to. And, um, but really there's so much beauty here. I mean, the country is such a beautiful country And um, I've met some of the most amazing people. You just have to be really open-minded to it and, um, yeah, and enjoy every moment. Like, honestly, like, because you never know. Like, I always think, like, one day, you know, we may be told we're leaving France. So, you know, I, every day I look and I see the Eiffel Tower and I still pinch myself. Like, you know, it's, it's incredible that we've had this journey and I wouldn't have changed any of it. Good, bad. So just, um, yeah, feel grateful. <laughs> like. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. I think that's going, that's a really great advice. That's going to help a lot of people. Thank you so much in participating in today's podcast. Uh, so for everyone listening, don't hesitate to check the graceful movement on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Feel free to check out more of our free resources and French class offers on our Facebook page at France and I. À bientôt!